0: One time for the underdog one time for the underdog Let me see you put them up Reach the sky, touch the stars up above, cause it's one time for the underdog one time for the
1: underdog. I'm Patrick with the host of ITM, and today I sit down with one of the most interesting fighters of all time, the man who shocked the world when he knocked out Mike Tyson, the first man ever to knock out Mike Tyson in Japan, and that's none other than James Buster Douglas. Get ready for a jam-packed interview. James, appreciate you for being a guest here with Thank us. You, my Thanks for coming out, man.
0: Appreciate it. You got an incredible story.
1: I mean, it's not every day somebody wakes up and you go against the odds that way. They call it the greatest underdog fight of all time, the biggest upset of all time.
0: Unbelievable.
1: There's a a lot of upsets. You got the miracle on ice. You know, you got when Ali went against Foreman. They said there's no way in the world he can go against that punch. But uh, yours was a different story, you know. you, You were kind of... Quiet yet vocal when you wanted to, and like you know, all these other events that took place, which we'll talk about here today, that led up to the fight. But uh, before we get into the story, uh, you know, what are you up to nowadays? What are you doing nowadays? I I hear stories.
0: uh, I'm back at Ground Zero where I started at in the boxing. You know, amateur program in Columbus, Ohio, which the city runs, and I'm part of that now, and having a great time working with the kids. It's like doing it all over again. But now I'm my father, who was the coach when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the coach and working with these young youth who are coming up in Columbus.
1: Let me ask you, do you love the game? Like, you know, you know, some people kinda, cause I know your father was also a boxer and you kinda are a boxer, but do you love the game of boxing?
0: I love the game. I have a strong feeling for it, you know. You yeah, know, I really enjoy the competitiveness of it. You know, the uh, one-on-one, you know, so.
1: so. are you more a one-on-one sport guy or you also like the group sports? Well,
0: sport? I like the group sports as well, but what driven me back to boxing was the competitiveness because, you know, I was playing ball in college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes some like two or three of the guys wouldn't show up because of something they were going through and you would need them and, you know, they wouldn't be there for you. So that kind of drove me back to boxing. And that's why I be, came back to it as a pro, you know, in 70 or in 81.
1: So, before we go into the the whole leading up to you and Tyson, growing up, who was Buster Douglas growing up? If 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 I was in school with James, who was James?
0: I was one of the basketball players, athletes, you know, in high school and uh, throughout my throughout my adolescence as well. You know, normal kid, you know. Were you
1: were you were you quiet like? Because there's parts of you that you talk smack, but it's like no one can get a read on you. Like, was this guy a smack talker or no, if somebody ticked you a... off, you came out and said something? Cause...
0: Right, I was sort of like in the middle.
1: You, you were know? in the middle. Yeah. So sort Pete, of... you didn't have enemies. You you were kind of good with everybody. Was yeah, that kind, kind of, of you?
0: yeah, culture? You know, with everybody.
1: Got it. Okay. You know. And and how did you actually start picking up boxing? Obviously, well, I
0: started at. Uh, when I was 10-year-old, my father was a professional fighter. Mm-hmm. He was the first National Golden Glove champion in Columbus, Ohio. First ever? First ever. You know, that was like in 60, 66. He won the National Golden Gloves in Chicago. That's when it was a big tournament in Chicago. And they took a team from Columbus, went Terrace the Terrorist Recreation Center, took a team to Columbus, I mean to Chicago, and he was one of the winners who came back as a national champion. And Then he turned pro. And had a pretty, had a successful pro pro career, fought some of the top fighters in the world. Then he got overlooked a lot of times because they didn't want to take a chance on him. You know, they were like maneuvering their fighters to the title fight and they wouldn't take my father on because he was too big of a risk. So that's just the way they do it in the game, you know. They just picked fighters that they felt like really strongly that they could beat. And then moved around my father a lot.
1: Was he like a real life Rocky type of guy? You kind of didn't want to fight him because he uh, he, cause yeah. he took heads off. I mean, when right, you see some right. of the He's highlights, it just makes and, no and, sense. And
0: he, and he was in great shape. He was always in great shape and and got you late. He got a lot of late round knockouts, you know, the eighth, ninth, tenth round. Stamina. Yeah, yeah. he was sustained power. And he was 160 pounds, six foot. You know, middleweight. He went. Wow. He fought middleweight and light heavyweight. Seventy-five.
1: One sixty-six foot. Was he a disciplinarian growing up, or definitely was he, he, he was? was? Very
0: disciplined.
1: But was I he mean, tough on you guys? Because I know you and your brother. Was he <clears throat> was he tough on you, or did he kind of not let not you... so much
0: tough on us? Because he, he seen your ability, your talent, but he didn't really push you. You know, he let it let it come to you. You know, he always felt that I had the I had the ability to be a good pro fighter amateur fighter, but, you know, he let me do, do it at my will, and he really never pushed me, you know.
1: Would he push you guys, like, was there ever a moment in your, I know the story about getting bullied, but was there ever a moment where you kind of like, you know, Dad, I'm getting bullied in school, and he told you to go back and fight, do you have a story of a bullying?
0: No, yeah, it was like a story like that, but it wasn't his involvement, it was my mother. She was the one that made me go out and fight the bully. You know, she slammed me on the ground and told me that if you didn't fight him, he was gonna have to, I was going to have to fight her.
1: She literally did that.
0: Oh, yeah. I came in the house sniffling, crying. And, you know, <laughs> she seen it because the school's right down the street. We were on the same side, same street as the school, and across the main inter- intersection and was walking down the street, and, the, and there was a group of kids behind me, and I was crying. And, you know, when I came in and she seen it, the witnesses on from, from the doorway. <laughs> When I walked in, she grabbed me and slammed me on the floor, and you know, told me if I didn't go out there and fight that boy, that I was going to have to fight her. So it was like—did you leave
1: the house, or was it the next day that you? The next the day,
0: it happened over again, and I just stood up, dropped my books, and said, oh, "That's it, let's go."
1: And you went at it with them.
0: And I went at it with them, and that was history.
1: So was that was, but, but was the that of the of beginning? It. That was the it's beginning. Crazy.
0: Yeah, because all of a sudden now, moms was bringing their kids over, like your son, what your son did to my kid. You know, then she had to tell me I just couldn't <laughs> smack them just because they said something to me. Had to slow me down, you know.
1: Lula, right? Lula Pearl yeah, Douglas. Yeah, Lula Pearl. You, 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 you watch yeah. her, the way she looks at you, man. It was like when you, there's, you know, some scenes of how your mom actually looks at you. Right. You can tell, like, this woman loves this right, guy. Right, like, her boys. I mean, obviously, mothers love their sons, but the way she mm-hmm. would talk about you, the way she looked at you was a whole different story. Yeah. And so mom taught you toughness, did the technical side come from Pops?
0: Oh, definitely. You know, hold your hands up, moving, and the mental state as well. The well, they both state. had a lot to do with that, but he was the one that really put it into the ring aspect, you know, so. Would you go
1: and watch him fight? Were you somebody, were you always Yeah, was I went to side? see
0: him fight when he, later in his career, when we went, to, I went to Philadelphia with him when he fought Matthew Franklin, who been, which was, became Matthew Sai Muhammad, world light heavyweight champion. And I was at that fight when they fought at the Spectrum. And also went to the fight when he fought Tom the but there in New York, in the Garden, main event, you know, he was a main event fighter, man, it was, and he always fought on the road, and I mean, he always went to the backyard of the other fighters, he didn't care.
1: What do you mean he always went to the backyard? Well,
0: you know, he went to their, their oh, turf. Oh, to them, he went to you them You know, it wasn't to, like, it. Neutral, neutral zone, it was like, he didn't matter, he'd go right in your backyard and fight you.
1: Let me ask you, was Bill, your grandfather, Was is there a lineage of boxing, or no, he's the first one that I picked up? I think my
0: grandfather fought in the, in the Navy, you know, he fought as an amateur in the Navy, and that's where my father picked it up from, and then I just picked it up from my dad, so.
1: So it's almost like he was, a, a obviously, living through you, seeing what you were doing, you know, what right. you ended up oh, doing. Oh, definitely,
0: because is- he took me pro, you know, I think I had my first uh, 20 or so fights, was with my dad as a pro, and then after that, I got involved with John Johnson, and that's where we just really took off and started to make it, make big waves.
1: And John Johnson, by the way, John Johnson, he's got a personality of his own. Is he always like that? Is he always flamboyant, loud, like, like a, yeah, you know, yeah. F- yeah. always <laughs> cursing, I mean, you watch him, you're like, yeah. he needs a reality TV show himself because right, he's so right. interesting just listening to him. But yeah. let, let me ask you, uh, James, would you say you were a classic story of a guy who had abilities but he needed somebody that got the best out of him and he was able to do it with you is that was that what it was with you because it, it almost like when when you follow your career here's a guy that could be at the top and beat anybody right uh, you you could beat you could beat anybody obviously you ended up beating the guy that everybody feared you, you right. didn't just beat anybody you beat the guy uh, well, ever. I beat
0: some guys leading up to that, too. Now, I wasn't just giving to No, me. you were not. There's a to, list of guys you went into, through. I get into the top ten, and, you know, I fought some top competitors. to. Because We are all in line to get a shot at mm-hmm. the title. Yeah. So you had to beat one another to come out on top to see who was going to become the number one, number two contender. Yep. So, that, I think you were
1: ranked fourth when you fought Tyson. Number two. Oh, you were two when you fought Tyson. Oh, yeah, I was
0: fourth and one. It was like three bodies, three okay. sanctioning bodies. Got
1: and
0: it. I, I was two, three, and four
1: got it so you were up you were the guy
0: that oh, everybody man, was, it was like you know i deserved a shot because it wasn't like i was walking down the street and i always say this don king was driving down the avenue and see me hey big guy you want to fight yeah. for the title of the night i, I earned that shot
1: but well, don king was also not a, a a big supporter of you he was but he wasn't it would almost seem like he was no, a critic i was critic. just a body form he was just yeah that's what it sounded you know, like by that
0: by that time tyson was well proven that he was yeah. legitimate And so I was just a sacrificial lamb, basically.
1: But you messed him up, like you, you publicly kind of messed the plan. Yes, you did. You messed the plan up because that could have been a moneymaker for many, many years to come. Oh yeah, oh
0: yeah. You know, it's
1: almost like you took his confidence away because his invincibility uh, left. Because you know, it's a different story when you have a guy comes up. You know, I think Ali lost six fights. I I, I want to see he ended up being like 50-something and six. So he mm-hmm. had a few fights he lost. Foreman lost, Holyfield lost. You know, a lot of these guys lost. But the way Tyson was coming up, it was invincible. It's like perfection. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't like
0: foresee anybody in the very near future to beat him. And no beat him. way.
1: So, and, and, and that puts a kind of pressure of perfection where, you know, when a person that see everybody's telling him he's perfect when he loses, how do you believe the people that are telling you you're still right. perfect? I'm not perfect. I lost. So Mayweather, yes, say he has an undefeated career and he talks about I'm the only guy that's beat Rocky Marciano, whatever, the record that he owns for being undefeated. Right. But, but it's a different story of what you did with Tyson. But the question I wanted to ask is, how much of a role was it you finding somebody that got the best out of you?
0: Well, getting with John was a big part of that because, you know, I think we kind of connected, you know, we believed in I believed in him and he believed in me and and I seen that he was definitely out to be a winner and he brought that spirit to the to the partnership you know because he was a Woody Hayes guy and mm-hmm. you know he wasn't having it you know either you're going to do this right or we're not going to do it at all How did
1: he talk to you one on one How how what was his language For like For the most with
0: part you? it was you know straight up you know just conversation but you seen the sincerity mm-hmm in his eyes and his voice but sometimes he could get real nasty and mean but it was very few times he did that but he did when he knew he did that he was at his end
1: how nasty like you know, uh, he
0: gets pretty retarded you know like <laughs> okay got it so <laughs> no limit stuff, you know throwing stuff and you know in front of you right you know and he's super
1: upset did you react to that did, did that kind of make no, I st- knew
0: that it was legitimate that he was, he really meant what he's saying he was he was expressing how Sincere he was, and that you know that he wasn't—he was just tired of the BS at times, you know. So
1: this, this and a lot of it, it wasn't
0: directed at me. It was just that some of the things that we had to go through to get to that point. You know, because of the negotiations, for example, between him and a promoter.
1: But was he ever like? Uh, you know, you look at uh, coaches and players, right? You look at Tyson, the relationship he had with Cus. You know, you, you you look at all these guys, the relationship they have with somebody that comes in that just knows how to get through them, right? Right. Was, would you say that was the case that with him? That was it.
0: That was John. And
1: yeah. what was the entrance to you? Was it through your heart? Was it through here? Was it through belief? Was it through?
0: Well, it was through my heart and as well as my mind. You know, it was like I said. The sincerity, I felt he really meant it and he believed in me, you know. And then the things that uh, I've noticed that he had to go through to get certain things for me, that when nobody believed in me, you know, I seen the sincerity in it. It was just that, you know, you seen the desire and the will, and, and sometimes it wouldn't work out, and he would be upset. And mm.
1: What was it? Negative motivation or positive motivation? Both. Oh,
0: so well, I, for the most part, it was positive.
1: But what I'm saying is, like, hey, I don't think you really want it, you know. I, I don't think this. Uh, do you really want to be the champ? Like, was it like that or? Yeah, he
0: did that. That made me laugh because that was kind of, you know. Humorous. So that doesn't do nothing to you, right? But you know, on the, on the other hand, it was just, uh, you know, where he would just be talking, and you know, I would see that it was just genuine. Hmm. But you know, he would he kick up a fuss. He kick up a fuss. Yeah, he would.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So who, who was on your team? Because I know it was him, it was your uncle, who, the assistant. Who Who was your team?
0: It was uh, John Johnson, J.D. McCauley, and John Russell. What John, role
1: did each play with you?
0: John Johnson was the manager, and J.D. and uh, John Russell were the trainers. Really, John Russell was the, like the trainer, trainer. J.D. was my – he got, got me up every morning to run. And he would talk to me spiritually in the morning and throughout the, throughout my career, once we got together, about he knew that he wouldn't be doing this if he wasn't didn't believe in me mm. or knew that I could do it. He, I knew you got the ability to do this, but you just gotta maintain your focus and uh, put the effort in and it's gonna happen for you. You know, because I mean, we get up at 5.30 in the morning you know, and run, and then in the mornings his wife would be there, our Betty would be there driving a car, you know, having the lights on us while we're driving, running down the street. Wow. You know, so it was a task, but we did it, man. And I'm telling you, it was, you know, in the wintertime when the snow was, everybody else was told to stay in the house, you know, because the weather's severe, below zero weather, mm-hmm. and we'd be mm-hmm. out there running.
1: Oh, I seen you running with snow yeah, on your face. Yeah, and that yeah. was
0: like the best, the best time. Some of my best times. and wow. Best moments on the run, too. So
1: one so was how-to, your trainer. One was business, one was spiritual. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, that was it. That was it?
0: Yeah, we all worked together. We and all worked together. Did,
1: did they all each individually know how to work together? Like, Yeah, do you they respected
0: that- each other's areas, you know, grounds. You know, they would let one talk at the time when everybody all mumbled together, jumbled together. It was just, you know, they were out mutual respect for one another.
1: It was the idea, like, "Hey guys, let's work together to be able to move this guy." Into right, and that a beat. was
0: just something that really just gradually happened. We all came together for one main effort, and it was me, and that made me feel even better mm-hmm. because I bet I knew the main goal was—you know—everybody was there for me. It wasn't each other, but it was all. Let
1: Let me ask you something that JD did, it, it, and, and just out of curiosity for myself, I watched some of these guys because at that time when you were doing fights, how much were you getting paid per fight that you had? Pre, pre Holyfield, pre, pre Tyson.
0: Well, it was like a few hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, twenty five hundred. So how much are they? How much does JD make? How much are these guys making? Well, JD was the not even taking any money. He said, "I'm just going to get it at the end." That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He, a,
1: he's uh, just going to take it at the end when you get right, the, when you become a champ.
0: Yeah, when we become a champ or. Is that a verbal agreement
1: plen- or was it yeah, on paper? Yeah, it was paper? all
0: verbal. <laughs> it was all. So verbal. these guys
1: really believed in you. Like yeah. they're one hundred percent. Trusting Douglas. trusted me. Did you ever, because when you have a father with that kind of a, you know, a presence, that kind of a toughness himself, did he ever push you around? Like, did you guys ever have an altercation? Was there ever a moment where, you know, you pushed it a little too far and you got in your face and you guys went at it? Was there ever a relationship no, like never that?
0: like that. You know, for one, it's just that, you know, I wouldn't do that to my dad, you know, because one, it was Bill Douglas. Then two, it was my father. You know, it was just... Uh, he was just that type of guy. Did,
1: did your mom play a big role in... My mom
0: played a wonderful role in it because she was the, the one that made everybody else shut shut up and listen. She was the main one. When it got too ridiculous, if it ever did, I would talk to her and she would just, like between me and my dad, where it would be like, I can't get through to him, he's not listening. I would be mom and then she would come in. Wow. You know, we would sit at the kitchen table, me, her and my father. Even when I decided to leave mm-hmm. my dad and go with John, I had to bring her in to talk. This, you know, she was like, "Oh, he was at one end, I was at the other end of the table. She was in the middle. She didn't say anything, but she was there, her presence. You know, so that made me comfortable where I knew he wasn't gonna no doubt go off and you know in a way that I thought maybe it could happen, but you know everything worked out great. So
1: and obviously, in this case, for it to be that effective, your dad had a lot of respect for your mom.
0: Oh, most definitely
1: did they, was it was a love was it pure love did yeah, you feel pure the love
0: yeah love. he loved her he Got loved it. her with no doubt
1: yeah that's obvious you know? because because he could have easily been an aggressive crossing the line type of guy cuz a lot of times boxers have that kind of a reputation right, for and he the was fact known for
0: that he was known for that see cuz he would, you know he had a you know strong personality
1: did he have a temper as well or not a temper? Yeah,
0: he had it all, man. He was a killer, man.
1: Except with that's you guys I, in the family.
0: Yeah, you know, that's what it was. It was so nice because he was silly <laughs> with us as growing up. He was a comedian. You know, but once he walked out that door, it was like he transformed. Wow. You know, nobody never wow. got to see that side of my father. Did you ever see him
1: get into a street fight or no?
0: No, he never got into a street fight. He well,
1: was he fight. that known where people knew, listen, I'm just not gonna yeah, cross the line with know, this, I'm not touching this dynamite. guy, he's gonna kill he he me.
0: Knew, yeah, his boys all know him, Dynamite. And then the one that really knew him called him Grassman. See, that goes back to high school when he ran track. He ate, he ate before a track meeting and was running and got sick and went out in the, in the field, the football field and, you know, and started throwing up and they kind that's what I, that's where he got the nickname Grassman.
1: Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> was your was your dad a man of faith or was he more just a disciplined, military, like the you know, the extremely hardworking guy? Was he Extremely
0: hardworking guy. Hardworking
1: guy. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So you you transitioned to the story about you going home and sitting down with your mom and your dad. Uh, that's post Tucker fight, right? I think it's right after
0: Right. Well that was that was when Johnny and I had just gotten together. And we were just making our plans and doing what we were Mm -hmm. doing, you know, transitioning to becoming a team, and you know, my dad was, you know, calling him, telling him that, you know, messing with one man's family is not good, and then John immediately wanted to shut it down where it wasn't even gonna go because he was afraid of my father, because, you know, he felt- What do you mean
1: messing with one man's family? I don't understand.
0: Well, it was like, because that's when I told my dad that I was gonna start working with John
1: Is this pre-Tucker
0: or post-Tucker? This is pre-Tucker. Pre-Tucker. This is is when the beginning, when John and I got together, you know, after probably, what, 84? And uh, when we were just getting together, Mm -hmm. I told my dad that I was going to go another direction, that I would no longer need him to direct my career. I was going to let John Johnson do it. Was Tucker like,
1: at that time, if you had to pick a name, so, you know, some some folks watching this, they don't know who
0: Tucker was at the time. Who
1: was Tucker when you went against him?
0: He was the number one contender right. in the heavyweight division in the IBF. And at that time, I was the number two heavyweight contender. Larry Holmes was supposed to fight somebody and didn't want to fight him, and then they stripped him of that IBF belt. So they had the number one, number two contender fight for the title. Got and it. And that was Tucker and I. So...
1: And and you had him. I mean, yeah, so I was winning. I was doing
0: you, really well in yeah. the fight. But see, that was my dad was involved at that time, and it was a pretty tough training experience because he would come to the gym. and Wouldn't allow nobody to say anything. But he was like chief trainer, and you know he'd say something, and then like JD would say something, and then Dad would say, "Well, you be quiet." And then, and then they'd be like arguing with each other. So that was a tough training mm. experience. You know, that was wasn't a comfortable. How much of it was, uh, I know he went into the fight wearing his shirt
1: name, you know, he's, he's, there's a right. scene with him wearing Bill Douglas shirt, right? There. Right, everybody else
0: had James Douglas, Yeah, everybody was, Douglas how,
1: how much of that was for you uh, uh, to kind of be like, listen, you know, you know, See,
0: I understood that, you know. That didn't bother you at no, all? No, that didn't bother me at all, that okay. was just my dad.
1: You, you knew know? him already. Right,
0: too. yeah, I was aware of that, but everybody else was like, whoa, you know, and I didn't really come out until after their fight, so. You know, but that was just my dad. That was just him. So that didn't bother you at all? No, that didn't bother me. The only thing that bothered me about the situation was that he wouldn't get along. He wouldn't conform and relax and let people be themselves. You know, he had a a real tense. Everybody was scared to say anything because they thought they would get popped or something, you know. Yeah, because his presence was that strong.
1: So when you had the conversation with Pops, okay, you 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 beat Tucker. You're gonna go face off and you know champion the whole nine, right? So right. you're you're right there, but then this happens. I think tenth round or whatever happens, you you lose the fight, and then post you go have the conversation with your mom and your dad. You right. have to sit down, and then immediately what happened after that?
0: I had to go back to the drawing board and start over again because at that time, that's one of the times Don was really backing me, was pushing me to win this fight. You know, then I ended up coming up short, and then, you know, it was kind of like, threw me to the wayside. You know, I was just a pawn now.
1: But your trainers were still loyal
0: to you. Oh, yeah, they were loyal. They knew that I had the ability to do it, and that it was just had to be, everything had to be right, which it has to be. You know, to go out there and put it together and do the things to do to be champion or
1: win. Post-Tucker, you go on a win streak.
0: Right. A legitimate win streak. Six-fight win streak.
1: Yeah, six-fight, and so... Who was the sixth fight right it was, before uh, Tyson?
0: Oliver McCall.
1: So you go through all... between
0: Oliver McCall and, and Mike Williams because they both were top contenders, and I had to fight both of them.
1: You went uh, through both of them. I
0: went through both of them.
1: How intense was your training at this time?
0: It was great. Everything was going along. You know, the training was good. The day everybody mentally was focused and comfortable. You know, it was just a big. Real, everybody was relaxed. You know, we were just. Just got busy. We don't have no distractions.
1: Are you making money at this time?
0: Yeah.
1: So you are making money at this time? Oh, yeah. So the fights are, the bouts are, how, how much are uh, the fights you're fighting? Oh,
0: purse purses. Purses, like what 000. are the purses? Oh,
1: 100000 Okay. Yeah, so it okay. was good. So there's some money being made with the purses. All right. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So, now you, you get to a point, you won the sixth straight, McCall or whoever it is that you went. Mm-hmm. Then, how does this lead to the fight with Tyson? Who reaches that? Does well, Don call you? What yeah, happens well, there? Well,
0: we were supposed to go to, uh, leading up to the February fight, we were going to go to uh, October, Canada. He was going. Tyson was going to defend his title against Razor Ruddy. And uh, we were training because we were going to fight on the undercard. And that fight fell through. So then they moved on to the next, next. Uh, they came back probably a month later and said, well, we're gonna fight in February. And then it turns out that it was they were putting me in with Tyson in February, we were gonna go to Tokyo because the fight with him and Ruddick was gonna be in uh, Canada. But like I said, that fight fell through, so then the next fight was me fighting fighting Tyson in Tokyo.
1: So you get the call, is this like uh, Right,
0: John gets the call. Come to the gym and say, we're next, we got the, we got our shot.
1: What was the reaction when you heard that?
0: It was great. It was like, you know, upbeat. And everybody was happy about it. You know, then it was like Tokyo, like Tokyo, because nobody here in the United States didn't want to fight. So we had to just take it over to Tokyo.
1: James, I've heard a lot of different reasons why they went to Tokyo. What is your assertion on why they went to Tokyo? Well, they
0: didn't think it was going to be a fight. They thought it was going to be a quick one. Like They couldn't sell it. It's a hard sell. You know, I was winning, but I wasn't, by that time, Tyson had such a, you know, fanfare and uh, he was just taking guys out, you know, that legitimate, you know, Spinks, Holmes, you know, legitimate fighters, and I wasn't in that ranking as far as the public eye. Mm-hmm. I was always right there in the middle of it, but like I said, if you wasn't decapitating anybody, you didn't have a chance against this man. You know, he didn't. You know, wasn't hitting people with one punch and knocking them out.
1: But when the call was made and he comes to you and tells you, "Listen, we are next," mm-hmm. was there a sense of enthusiasm, anxiety? Was what was the emotions? I mean, what or was it like, "Okay, it's good, it's here." What I mean, the smile says a story <laughs> right there. So, what what did you think when he said that to you?
0: I thought it was good, but I know the reaction to the, you know, everybody in the family like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, you know, my mom was uh, getting phone calls and like, Lula, you know, like, is this happening? Is this true? You know, because, you know, he was a menace. I mean, he's done some things that were just incredible. You know, people that you thought was going to really compete with him, he would just blow them out. Mm. So, Were you at all afraid? No, I was there. I, I fought under six undercards, and I co featured a couple of them. You know, meaning I fought before he fought, just before he fought, and uh, you know, was successful. And but it, like I said, it was like if you hadn't really, you know, bodily breaking bones or something, you was not even considered to be have a chance against this man because he was just like a terminator.
1: Uh, it, so, what the story is? What the day he won right before you won a fight as well in seventh round and. You know, everybody was kind of saying, wow, listen, Tyson did win, but let me tell you, here's what happened also with James Buster Douglas. He wanted to fight the same exact day right. that he had to fight. Different places, but you wanted the same uh, fight. No, no, on same the Same exact place? Undercar, on the car. On the car, got it. So the, you still had a talk, like people, some of the guys that were in the world were saying, you know, this guy's kind of trying to make a climb to get the fight. Right. So now you get the fight, okay? So the fight's taking place. You guys got to go, go, go to Tokyo. Did you do most of your training here, pre-Tokyo? I or here. You I, did all the training here? I had to go,
0: to, go to Tokyo. We we had to be there two weeks before. I was only training I did in Tokyo it was the two weeks before the fight. And really it was like a week. So that week before the fight, then that week of the fight is just basically public workouts, press conferences, you know, it's just cool down period. Just resting up, getting ready for the fight itself.
1: Is that typical, by the way? That's that a typ- typical. That's typical. Yeah. So right a week before the fight, you're not really going at the high level no, of intensity. You just,
0: you're just cooling down and... Relaxing and building back your energy. Your energy's building back up.
1: Got it. Are you watching any of the media of what's being said? Are you, your family, uh, anybody watching? I didn't
0: watch? have to. It was everybody telling me, you know. And then when I did watch it, it wasn't good. So why would I even watch it? it?
1: So when you said you you did and it wasn't good, like it it, it discouraged you? Were you getting upset? No, were you getting was annoyed? It me off. You know, it was I pissing said, you off.
0: Right, and I said the one thing they're gonna realize about this fight is that folks, we're in the fourth round. We're in the fifth round. You know, because they all thought it was gonna be one or two two rounds because I mean that's just how I was but Mike
1: now uh, you know w- when I remember your fight like when I remember the story of what happened with Buster Douglas I kept hearing about where the motivation came from like where did this guy like you were taking pun... like you were you were you were incredible in that fight like you were determined to win this fight and then there's a story of what happened on January 18th 1990 which is 23 days right before the fight right when the story happened. Walk us through what happened there and how you reacted to it.
0: A week prior to her, my mother passing, she came over to the house. And uh, you know, I was there by myself and and um, she came in, we sat down and she said she just wanted to talk about the fight. Cause she went out and bought that book that Mike had out, that Mike had out just before our fight. And you know, it's pretty, intense book, you know, how he is and his mentality and, and so she was talking to me about, you know, how I was, you know, how, how I, she wanted to see how, how I was thinking and, you know, how things were going with me because I was going through a lot at the time too. And then after we talked, she was like, oh my gosh, you're so mean, you know, but she was satisfied. She was convinced that I was going to give it, that I was focused and really ready to fight this fight that I wasn't just another one of the sacrificial lambs that everybody thought. So she was convinced, she told her girlfriend, she's like, I'm not worried about Buster, you're gonna beat Mike, you know. And all of them came up to me and told me that after the fight, her friends, you know, two or three of her friends wow. came and told me, your mother said you was gonna beat him, Buster. You know, and they were like shocked that she said that because they had seen or heard of this guy, you know, because at that time he was at the top of his game, you know, so. Like I said, she always believed in me. Your
1: brother tells a story of your mom going to your dad and talking to him and saying, hey, you know, is this guy as bad as people make him out to be? What, yeah, she what, said, is he bad as you? Is he bad as you? <laughs> yeah.
0: And he said, yes, yes he is, honey. Yes, he is, dear. What is what is going to be with Buster? And what did he say? He said, yeah, he can do it.
1: Wow. So, who called you when when the event happened with your mom?
0: JD. JD called, cause he was at the house, at my mother's and father's house. Then when I got over there, he was outside, cause he didn't want to go in the house, cause of him my dad was on edge. So I went and talked to him. I mean, went in there and seen her. And when I came in the house, they were taking her out on the gurney.
1: That's the first thing you saw when you came in the house.
0: No, the first thing was my father. Then when I went back, well, no, I walked in with my brother Bill. Then uh, they pulled her out. I went. I went to the bedroom. She was on the bed. They had her covered up, and I pulled on the cover. You know, like to look at her, but I couldn't really pull this, I mean, you know, do it. So,
1: what was your immediate reaction?
0: That was my mom. That was my mom. Anger.
1: Anger was the first reaction?
0: Yeah, I was pissed, you know, because I was going to do so much for her.
1: Mm, I got it. So you were looking forward to giving for all these years? Oh,
0: yeah. I was taking care of her, you know. Got it. But this was the payday. This is it. I knew I was gonna win. I knew I felt strong, felt good about it. But I knew that I had to stay strong. Mm. That just made it even more intense.
1: Was everybody coming to you saying, Hey, you know, James, this is this is you may wanna postpone the fight, this this may be not. J D asked
0: me, he said, Well, what do you want to do? I said, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight this fight. Same, you know, it just made it even more intense.
1: The determination level go to a whole different level immediately. I was immediate?
0: already it couldn't go no higher, but it went higher. You know, it was there the whole time. Cause I was in great shape. I was ready to fight. Three weeks, three, four weeks outside. I was ready. I was ready to go. Had a great training. That just made it even more. It just brought it even together even more.
1: The, the next 23 days, like, was every training and everything you did, was your mom on your mind the entire time while you were going through training?
0: Mostly after, between before and after. But once I was in the gym, I was focused on what I was doing. But then afterwards, it was the, it was the downtime that was, you know, kind of tough.
1: So the downtime, were you up, you were down, were you kind of like...
0: No, I say the downtime is when it's like no training, just relaxing. right,
1: right. But but the downtime, were you trying to figure out a way to hold it all together, or no? Nah,
0: I was ready, I was ready. I just break down sometimes by myself, but it just encouraged me even more. That, like I'm gonna bust this dude up.
1: When it was coming to the fight, did the media know that this uh, your mother had a stroke and it passed away, or the media? Yeah,
0: everybody knew about it. Yeah. That's when it really looked bad for me in their eyes. You know, how can he compete with this mother or with his mother just passing? So it really didn't look good. So
1: they even made the odds worse to say that there's exactly. no way this guy can win this fight.
0: Right. It made it even, you know, a, a non-contest no contest type of situation. Wow.
1: Wow. That's interesting. So that's even more fun.
0: You know, all they care about is the story. They don't mm. know significance. They don't see deep into what was going on or possibilities that could happen.
1: Even with the event, you were watching, the media was being heartless with the Well,
0: with the- yeah, you know, uh, it was just a story. That's what I said, heartless. It wasn't like any compassion about the situation. They were just wanting to get this story down no matter what. You know, they didn't care. The main focus is Mike anyway
1: leading up to the fight, uh, any other events took place leading up to the fight or did that 23 days go by very quickly?
0: Yeah, I went by. It was just, you know, same old, outside of my mother's passing, it was just, uh, you know, just working out, getting ready.
1: So fight day comes, what are you thinking? How you feeling?
0: Feeling great, you know, I felt real good, relaxed, couldn't wait to get in there because I wanted to bust something up.
1: You were that determined by I me. Mean, yeah. You literally couldn't wait to
0: get in there. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Was,
1: was, was. My m- brother
0: Robert was with me. He would come in and I'd say, Buzz, what's up, man? How you feeling? And I'd tell him, man, I'm ready to fuck something up. And he'd be like, he started laughing and stuff. All right, deal, my man.
1: Was your dad at the fight as well?
0: No, it was just Robert. Robert the only one who went over with me, you know, and then the rest of my family, other, my, like, John Johnson's wife, his son, and JD's wife came over. I don't know. I think i Betty was there.
1: So you're walking into the ring. You entered the ring. Couldn't wait to get there. So you're in. He comes in. You're looking at each other.
0: No, I wasn't even looking at him. I, I was yeah. filling the ring out, seeing where, making sure it's solid all the way around, and just ready to go. I felt great.
1: In that moment, are you wanting to hurt him? Are you determined to? Implement uh, what you guys have been training, yeah, your training right in the training camp? Is it just pure put, strategy? Put in together,
0: Put in. Put the p- game plan together, go to work. How are you coming jacks? the nerves?
1: How are you coming the nerves?
0: Oh, you do that just right, you know, once the bell rings. Once you get in there and you feel it, everything, you know, that. The main thing with the nerves is once you get in there, you know, you're going to put in the work and effort. There's nothing to be nervous mm. about. You know, you can lie and tell everybody using training, the best training camp you didn't and. You feel really good, and then get in there, and that's when it all the truth comes down. You ain't ready. You've been bullshitting around. You've been faking everybody wow. else out. Yep. And this guy looked ready. You know, That was the last thing on my mind. I was ready. I was ready to go.
1: So the confidence came from the level of preparation you had exactly. put in. So exactly.
0: So fight starts.
1: You've never felt his punch before. What was the first time he hit you when you said, I-, I can take this, I can I can handle this. Did you was there a moment you remember? Like he no, took a punch?
0: Yeah, it was just like any other punch that we had hit before. It wasn't you know, it was just to see his speed. And then he, he's only like five ten and you know, he ducks and he gets down, he kinda disappears, he makes his quick move to the left or to the mm-hmm. right, and you know he's coming. And he's coming up, with, launching into you with hooks and right hands, and you just got to be alert.
1: <laughs> was <laughs> he the hand hardest hand hitter or, ever?
0: No, never. You're, he wasn't the hardest hitter. He wasn't the hardest hitter no, ever? Seriously? No. Seriously? I'm serious. Who was the hardest hitter ever? I, mean, I had a spiral partner that was like 175 pounds that was, you know, <laughs> built like Tyson and, you know, hit really hard. It was a great, great friend of mine, Darnell Hayes. He was. We came up together. He hit really hard too, but he just, uh, you know, didn't have a focus and stuff. You know, yeah, I've, I've been hit harder, you know, but it's just his intensity, Tyson's intensity and determination is what really got him to where he was, because he was just an intense guy.
1: Did the speech shock you? Or, or was was your Hayes was your training partner fast? Were you almost? I had three were great training. Field?
0: I had three th- three great sparring partners, you know, and they were pretty good fighters as well, you know. Cause you get guys that are up and coming. I went through a few at first, but then when I got these three guys, uh, they really worked out and they, we kept them. And they worked out, so they came to work every day, put it on me, and you know, and got me in great shape.
1: So when when you when the fight starts and you fight look like pretty much every round you took, except for the one that he I think the eight round he took. Right. But if you went six, seven rounds, you're taking every one of them on points. Right. You're landing fifty three percent of your so, punches.
0: So it seemed, but when it was all over and said, all over and done with, the scorecards had me had a tie or had me lose. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, it was incredible.
1: So if you don't knock him out, yeah, I you may running. have a draw or you may lose. I wasn't gonna
0: have no draw, I was gonna lose.
1: You don't knock him out, you lose. Right. Didn't uh, look that way.
0: I know, but it would have been the biggest farce in, the, in all man in all history of sports.
1: Well, it's common in boxing It, it is. It wouldn't be the it first is. time that would have happened.
0: And it was really common a lot when my father fought because it wasn't TV. See, it was just radio and, you know, you weren't You couldn't really there. see what happened. Yeah, they just Interesting. hear about
1: it. So was there a point, was there a turning point in the fight where you said, I'm winning this thing? Yeah. When was that?
0: Eighth round. After you got up no the eighth round is when i went out there like shit this is over i do beat his ass and i got relaxed that moment went out there and stopped fighting and looking and then he caught me with that shot and it was like whoa shit. he's still alive <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> were you almost shocked when he got you with the hook or the other yeah
0: yeah i was like damn you know and i that's when i was on my back looking up like oh fuck, you know that moment that brief moment i wanted to have a moment to reflect in the middle of a killer fight, I wanted to have a moment to reflect and got caught.
1: So you're down. So the
0: intensity was there. He was ready, he was looking for the opportunity. Yeah, he he see and he like- took it.
1: I think it almost seemed like he knew he's not going to go the whole thing. He's got to take you out, so he almost right. made it count, hoping you wouldn't get up.
0: Right, right. And I see when I got up, I looked at him, and his, the air just seemed to go right out of him. Like shit, you know, because I gave it all I had on that
1: one. It's almost like that was the tipping point. It's interesting yeah, you're that, saying that. Yeah. It's almost like that was a tipping point when you watched the fight. Who did you say in your corner saying, "I got this. Don't worry about it. I got this." You, you told? Did you tell somebody in your corner that? It's over with. I'm winning this fight. Because no. I think John or somebody said that. He came in the no, corner. John Johnson said. I pat him in the back and says, well, then go get him. You know what you're yeah, doing. Yeah,
0: John Johnson said he's scared to death.
1: He said he's scared yeah, to death. Yeah, John
0: said Tyson was scared to death. Oh, that was that was prior to the knockdown when he said that.
1: L- let me ask you this technical question. You know the whole thing where Don King afterwards said it's 13 seconds, it's 12 seconds. They put the whole video and they start doing the counting thing. Right. You know the spectacle that they did. Uh huh. If he counted slow. The ref, because you know they said the ref counted really slow with you and really fast with him. Mm-hmm. If he counted slow, you seemed conscious, so you could have gotten up whatever time. Yeah, I you would started just to wait until up. 8, 9. Yeah, I
0: got up. Okay. I started to get up at 4, but then I just you know, remember my dad saying, you know, you just got to stay focused and take the time, do a quick body check. Because I, I was getting ready to get up, then I just lay back relax. relaxed. Which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, use the entire body, count to yeah. kind of rest. I knew I had 8 to get up, so at 8 I got up strong, you know. I did a quick body check, like, I'm still here, and focused, I know where I'm at, and, you know, got on up.
1: So you go up, you fight, you throw the punches, and now all of a sudden, you know, you knock him out. Immediate reaction, are you saying it's over, he's not getting up?
0: No, I thought he was going to get up. The only, only, only time I figured it was over is when I seen him crawl to get his mouthpiece. That's when I knew he was incoherent. Because uh, we all know that you got to get up to get that count stopped. And when I seen him reaching for that mouthpiece, I knew that he was uh, he was hurt. I was like, oh, this is over.
1: First reaction, it's, it's over. He's hugging him. You know, he's hugging the the Tyson. Referee, cause, yeah, yeah, the referee.
0: Dream come true. You know, I did it. All the years of dreaming and finally succeeding was uh awesome, awesome experience. I'm telling you, it was a great, great, Moment in my life until you know, like hearing my name called as the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, you know, the hoop all, all the team coming in there, congratulate me. And once we got out the ring and then got back to the dressing room, then the nightmare began because then they started saying that came in and said that they're protesting the fight. But were you
1: surprised that Don Kick would do
0: something like that? I was very surprised. Oh,
1: you were surprised yeah. that Don Kick would do something like that. Yeah. He had a reputation of being, uh, yeah, you know.
0: Calculus and, uh, yeah, but I knew that he was, but I didn't think that was going to, I had no idea it was going to be like that because it was a legitimate win.
1: Did that take any of the thunder out or no? You still felt the victory and
0: Oh, definitely. Because I, I knew you went on Johnny
1: Carson, you were on all these different yeah, shows. And yeah, they, it was
0: definitely, I knew he couldn't take it because it was on world tar- world-class TV. Now, it was back in the day where it was like radio. He might have gotten that off. But by it being on national mm. TV where the world seen it, it was like, there's no way in hell they gonna go for this. Everybody seen it, you know, and everybody was celebrating as well.
1: Buster, how much of this do you think had to do with your mother's passing 23 days prior to that? Or do you think, whether that happens or not, you're winning the fight? Or do you think that just I had, gave I had you- it
0: going on before that. You know, I was very positive, and, and like I said, the training was going really well. But you know, it was just you know, something just added to it. But I was ready to go prior to that her, her passing.
1: So regardless, you think you would have won the fight, or you think I that kind of gave you the tolerance to take endure a little yeah, bit if more any, pain?
0: I can't say that, if anything. Something like that would have been if it was going any other way. Like if the training was rough, preparation was doubtful, and something like that would have happened, it'd have been over. Literally, it had been just mm-hmm. like really a reason not to continue. But I was going great and strong, and that just shows you that everything was going. It was it was lined up. It was that was the plan. It just made it even go through even more because you know if I wasn't having a great training session and things weren't going well with her passing, it would have really dissolved it. You know, it made it being like, well, this shit ain't, I know it ain't gonna happen. Got it. But by me having a great right. training session, we had been in the gym for eight weeks, you know, leading up to that fight. You know, and then she passed the t- two weeks prior to the fight, so.
1: First question I was asked right after the fight, you, you, you gave love obviously to your mom and immediately you broke down in that moment. How many times have you watched that moment with the fight? Like, have you... Yourself ever sat down by yourself and watched the fight from beginning to the end and seen how you several reacted times. You several times. Yeah. yeah, by yourself, no friends, right, no nobody, brother, nobody just else me, just By yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: How yeah, do you yeah. react when you watch that fight now? Like when you watch it, what is your reaction?
0: It just takes me back to every every moment comes up, every every movement, every it all just just naturally just comes up to where it just I, I see, I feel the intensity what I was thinking at that time, and determination. It's a great feeling.
1: James, you fly back, your dad's not at the fight. The first moment you make eye contact with your dad, what's, what's his
0: reaction? Oh, uh, he just said, you did it, you did it, baby. So proud of you. It was like he handed the ball off to me after he retired, and, and I took it all away.
1: All the way to the top. All I mean, you took to it to the, the, the pinnacle. There's not above anything. Right. Heavyweight champion against a guy that's arguably one of the most feared boxers of all time. You that's know, right. Ali wasn't. Ali was technically He technical was up there with Sonny Liston. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. That's a, it's a whole different story with yeah, what he no did. No doubt. No doubt.
0: So, you, you, how does it feel? How does it feel knowing you you beat the most feared guy in the world? Like, oh, it's know, great. Because I always knew I had the ability to do it, and then actually succeed at it. You know, it was just like. It was meant to be. Was there ever a doubt with you or you're not a doubt guy?
1: Like, did you, were you a doubt person yourself? Were you ever questioning your uh, ability to be able to pull it off? Or no? no, you had confidence?
0: No, I had confidence. That's
1: not your wiring? No. Interesting. Very no. interesting. Because 42 to 1, man, I mean, listen, When you, you break down math. 42 to 1, that's not like, you know, a 10 to 1, that's crazy, odds. Like, there's no way that guy's going to win 10, 10 to 1. 20 to 1, it's an insult. Right. 42 to 1? Right. It's like, don't really, even
0: go to the fight. And really, and really, 42 to 1 is basically like, let's just put it there. Because that's really unbelievable. type Like you said, unbelievable type odds, because it wasn't even books on it at all, on the fight. That's why we were in Tokyo. You know, it was just a quick one, you know, quick watch, you know. Give him a little tune-up before he goes to the big fight or
1: something. They said uh, a one-person bet, $160,000 on Mike Tyson. To win four thousand dollars. Somebody bet a hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And if Tyson would have won, the winning is only gonna be four thousand dollars that's forty two. That that's insane, insane to me.
0: Yeah.
1: That's insane to me. That means some if somebody bet four thousand on you, they win one hundred and sixty.
0: Right. If somebody
1: bets one sixty on Tyson, they win four thousand. Right. So incredible, No in right. in Vegas was saying they only had a few people that were betting on you. Like literally nah, nobody yeah. was betting on you. You know, one guy brags about the fact that he did there's a Group of guys, I like to brag that. I'm one of the guys that bet on, you know, James.
0: Yeah, that's incredible, right? 42
1: to 1. So then right after that, um, you come home, 25,000 people show up, Ohio, craziness. They Mm. cannot believe, oh, my gosh, this guy pulled it off, you know. How are you taken by your community now? Like, you know, what was that reaction when even the local places you would go to, the restaurant you would go eat, the gym you would go to, the the coffee shop or places you typically go to the routine barbershop how were they treating you
0: awesome you know it was great it was like wow you did it man you know like, and then they would all say i knew after such and such a round you know they, i seen the determination you know but
1: do you do you pay for coffee when you go places do they take your money today like the, oh the, yeah they
0: take my money they take my money today. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was in Panama and uh, I went to Roberto Duran's restaurant because you know mm-hmm. when he won uh, uh, himself he was God in Panama and the, the story is like these guys welcome this guy he became you know oh
0: yeah Roberto's a great figure. guy yeah I, was, I got to do I fought with Roberto uh, Hector Camacho when it was comeback I, tr- I got to hang out with him and Roberto was like a great guy man that's what a lot of, one of, say. of my best He is one of the best fighters I've ever met. You know, he's a good guy.
1: Even Tyson says a lot of the things he picked up from Duran. Like he says, I but learned his a intensity,
0: lot from the Yeah, I can, you know, I can imagine that.
1: Yeah, he's uh, a
0: Riddle's he, a monster,
1: man. Psychological monster. Like, like,
0: four-time champion in four different yeah. weight classes. That's
1: that's insane.
0: Insane, four. and, and this is like he started at 135 pounds, went up to like 75, and each time he was winning titles. Incredible fighter, man. Incredible.
1: Yeah, when you when you talk to pros and they say, "Hey, give me the top ten of all time," almost everybody has them on the list.
0: Oh, no doubt.
1: Who are your top five? Top five greatest boxers of all time?
0: Oh, Ali. You know my dad. You put your dad Carlos Monzon, Victor Glendez, Tommy Hearns. Interesting list. Yeah, I mean it goes back. I mean, list. I, and I, if you ask me again tomorrow, I'll tell you another set of five. Because it goes back, because like Jose <laughs> Naples, you know, well champion, great well away champion back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, Sugar Ray Robinson. Even. You put
1: Liston on that list? You put Foreman on that list? You put Frazier on that list or no?
0: No, I put Frazier on there, but I wouldn't put Liston or uh, Foreman.
1: You put Tyson top 10?
0: Yeah, Tyson would be on the top 10.
1: Top 5?
0: Yeah. Is he top 5 top, or top, top 10? Top 6.
1: Top 6, got it. No. Interesting. Interesting on that. And you're a fan today. Are you following when there's fights? Like, you, you watching Ruiz fight? Like, tonight,
0: with uh, Pacquiao and uh, Mm -hmm. the well away champ. That's going to be a good one. But I'm going with Pacquiao. I think he's going to take that kid in in the deep water, late fight, and drown him.
1: Yeah, Pacquiao's an interesting beast. Are you also from the narrative that Mayweather avoided the fight with Pacquiao at his peak, or you don't come from that school of thought?
0: No, no. Mayweather's an incredible kid, man. He's three generations of... World champions, you know. Well, his uncle was a world champion. His father was a great fighter, but he had in and out of trouble. But you know, his lineages—he's he, a long time, you know, historian, and he's definitely—he's—he he's de- yeah. did it right, man.
1: And by the way, the guy is—you uh, know—he's a strategist. I mean, yeah. he, he's a street kid that you would be like—he's a punk. The guy is extremely smart. when it, I know him and 50 Cent would go back and, hey, learn how to read and do all this other right. stuff they do. But he he knew how to control the narrative very well.
0: Yes, he did. Yeah, you got to give that guy him. props for that side. He fought my brother Artie in uh amateurs. We took a team from Columbus up to Grand Rapids, Michigan.
1: When you saw him fight as a, a, a amateur, even then, did you say this guy's going to go the distance or?
0: No, nah, I was pissed because he beat Artie, but... You know, it was wasn't even thinking about it like that then. But he, he's been a world. He's been a champion all his whole mm-hmm. career. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting.
1: So eight months after your fight with Tyson, you fight Holyfield,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Holyfield's fight uh, uh, doesn't end the way you want it to end. You you end up losing yeah, that fight. Yeah, that
0: fight with Holyfield was just. I wish I could have gave Holyfield my best because I knew he, that's why I chose him to fight. I could have easily went with Foreman or someone else, but I wanted to fight Holyfield, and then you know, continue to just destroy these guys that were supposed to be, you know, top fighters, you know. But by the time where I had to go through, see I went through a long lit- lit- legal litigation with Don King. Right, at the, on the best moment of that fight was hearing my name announced as a new undisputed heavyweight mm-hmm. champion. And then after that it became a nightmare because I was flying all over the country, you know, trying to figure out where the court case is gonna be at. I was in front of lawyers the whole time. Why know, are you I, part of it? Because I had to give my uh,
1: the twelve second uh, do, deal that, that they testimony.
0: Talked. I had to uh, call you in, a lawyer, to call you in and talk to you about, you know, what, what was my side, or what did I, my side of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I was flying around city, state, to state. You know, to. to but why you
1: it. though? You're the fighter. Wouldn't that be the federal? Wouldn't that be the the you I know, had to, I
0: had three law firms I had to start to talk to about because they didn't know if the fight, the court case, was going to be in Vegas, LA, or New York. So, it was three law firms that I had to fly around mm. and talk to about what happened during the fight and da 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 da. The lawyer, the contracts, and you know, then it being held in New York. You know, it became very sad and depressing. This all the way to your fight. You yeah, then it this was is- like you know, sick. Eight weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks before the Holyfield fight, we settle out of court and then it was like, go right into training and prepare to defend the title.
1: You got paid. You got a good payday with, yeah, with but the Holyfield fight. Weak,
0: that was pitiful because should have been a lot more paydays.
1: You, you think know? it should have been more than that number?
0: Well, I'm just saying, legitimately. Continuously or? Yeah, if I'd have been, if I'd have did it like normal, where you take a little two or three month vacation and then prepare for your next fight like any other time, but mine was nothing like that because I was in, in front of the lawyer. I had to fight just to be called the heavyweight champion of the world because Don King was coming at me with guns blazing. How do you feel about Don King
1: today? Like not when you too think good. about Don King, what not do you think good. about him? What word comes to mind with Don?
0: You know, just uh, you know, just not too good. It's not too good because of how everything came fell apart at the end. After I never got a moment's rest. After one, I had to defend the title. I had to defend the title to be be called the heavyweight champion, you know, because he made such a big fuss about big fuss about it. Does he have any allies
1: today? Like, I mean, in in the boxing world, people like you, does does Don does anybody like Don King, and I what do you
0: know? couldn't tell
1: you. Yeah, it's interesting to see because you hear a lot of guys tell their stories and there's, it's like consistent. It's not good. Yeah. No, not when it comes on to dealings with on him. A bad
0: note, yeah.
1: And he made a few hundred million dollars off of fighters. A lot he made obviously off of uh, uh, Tyson, but he made uh, uh, money off these different fights. Yeah, I know you got paid $24 million uh, off the fight with Holyfield and then right after that you had some, uh, uh, You you your your health was at the whole... Uh, Issue. Yeah, I said I
0: went and got de- got depressed and put on a lot of weight. Went into a diabetic coma, almost passed, and had to get through that. And then I got back on my feet, and came back, and started fighting again. And my really reason was for that was just to get back healthy. You know, it's been good ever since, but.
1: But you did win a few again. You you went and yeah. won two, six out of eight or six. I don't know what it was, yeah, but you it was won a six f- fight, six, six fights, fight, yeah, winning streak. So six fight winning streak. So and today you're going back to you know you're coaching these kids. You're working with these kids on the boxing side. Is there are we any time soon going to see a movie of James B- Buster Douglas' a story? I know hope so.
0: Hope so. It's in the works now.
1: I mean, you look at Cinderella, man. That's a movie. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. That a great movie. That a great movie. But that's a movie. You yeah. know, you, well, that actually happened. It didn't it did happen, right? but we yeah, talking he was
0: light like heavyweight, became a heavyweight champ.
1: Versus your story, though. I mean, your story. If I look, listen to your story, your story is a similar type of story. Somebody's got go it's a blockbuster story. Yeah, somebody's got to do your story. Yeah. Is there uh, any talk? Is there any anything in the works? Well, oh, yeah, we
0: got several things in the works, and uh like it's hopefully it's going to happen here in the very near future. I'm excited about the future. I That's exciting,
1: James. Where can people find you? Is there, are you are you active on? I don't I don't know if you're an active on social media guy. Are you posting stuff on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything? Uh,
0: nah, not really. You're low key. Just low key.
1: We got to get and, you, you know, on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. We got to get you on Twitter and Instagram so people can start hearing the stories. Because yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think uh, 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 it, it would it would bring yeah. back a lot of the stories because I bet a, I bet a lot more people know you and your story and they remember what you did then you even know I think oh yeah
0: I get I get fan mail and stuff and they always still till today yeah and that's pretty exciting I enjoy getting that
1: anybody that's I relate to you anybody that's an underdog that's coming up you know you want to hear other stories of underdogs that overcame the odds and 42 to to 1 it doesn't get bigger than that right so brother I really
0: enjoyed doing that too, that forty two to one on ESPN. Yeah, how was that for that you? That was great, man. We had a good time. Went back to Tokyo and that was my first time and since the fight, you know, it was awesome man. You know, it's like they done built it up even more. Where when I sure. fought in ninety it was just a Tokyo dome out there. And then it was now when I went back, you know, last couple of years ago uh they got a music park out there and a condominium site out there it's like filled in now
1: did you see anybody there that was there at the fight that talked to like was there any kind of reminiscing moments or no
0: no just walking around seeing where just imagining where things were reminiscing that's cool stuff. but it was a great trip they
1: did a great job with the documentary they did they way. did a great phenomenal job. job i was
0: really impressed with it
1: very good job yeah when i watch it i said you know what and there's the the footage they brought and they caught from the past and stuff that the way they put it together, uh, it kind of brought the whole story together. It's called forty two to one, right? Forty two to one. Correct. Well the uh, champ uh Appreciate you coming out, man. I really enjoy spending this time I think, I think with so you. Man. Thanks
0: for having me. Yes, man. definitely. It's been a Thank pleasure. you. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, everybody,
1: for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.